Hi, it's Phil Brown. I'm here with David Whelan, and today we're going to talk about the Internet of Things. It's a funny name, and I've even heard it called the Internet of Everything, and that really, I think, describes what we're talking about. In the past, we've had uh, client-server networks. You'd had a PC or a telephone or a tablet that you connect to the Internet or to your local home network or office network, and then you would communicate or, or use uh, that device to communicate with other similar devices or servers. Um, but now we're seeing everything being connected to the Internet. And uh, you may have received advertisements for having your home turned on so you can connect over uh, the Internet and see if your home lights are turned on or your security is turned on. Um, you may check your baby monitor or your child at their kindergarten class over a webcam. Uh, and more and more devices now are being connected either to an internal network um, or to the Internet itself. Right. So these are the so-called smart objects with interconnectivity built into them. Uh, and it could be anything from your door lock, which is opening with a Bluetooth command from your phone, uh, to, as you say, a baby monitor or a fire alarm or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable. And you can see on the one hand the convenience that you would get by having things turned on. You know, if I'm, if I'm at, at, on my way home from work and I've set up the oven to start my dinner, um, I can send a command from my phone over the Internet and have that device turn on and start cooking so that by the time I get home, if my house hasn't burned down, then I can have a nice cooked dinner. Um, so it, there are really a lot of convenience factors built into this Internet of Things. Now, you know, you've actually had an inconvenience factor uh, in your own home uh, and experience with your television. Yes, uh, it, it's one of those things that you, you wonder about uh, what your devices are doing. And, and uh, in, in our case, and I think this is pretty common, you buy a TV and it's called a smart TV. Samsung's brand is smart TV, but uh, we, we don't have a Samsung brand, but they are smart in that they are uh, have Wi-Fi connected or have network connections so that you can share information from your uh, home media server and display it on the television or use Bluetooth and connect. And uh, what they found was that with some of these televisions, uh, the, te the television was actually connecting back to the servers for the television maker. And I think in this case it was LG. Um, and uh, and so I immediately got on my network to see if my LG TV was, was phoning home because uh, what they were fi finding that some of these TVs were uh, indexing and sending back information about the media files that you shared uh, with the TV that you displayed on the TV. But also they were just going through all the network uh, uh, resources they could find and sending back indexes of all those files too. So if I had photos on a server and um, hadn't shown them on the TV, um, they would still have been trying to send this information back to LG. Right. And that's one of the things about the Internet of Things that, that makes us of interest, I think, to lawyers and paralegals is uh, the potential vulnerability to hacking. Uh, and a lot of different points in your home now need some sort of security that uh, you might not have considered. Right. The difficulty, too, is that, uh, and there's a book, if you, if you have a moment to read it, uh, called um, How Gadgets Betray Us. Uh, and it's a, it's a very interesting book because it really talks about the, the, the problems we have. There are a lot of companies who are rushing project, uh, products to market that are going to be part of this Internet of Things, which means that they've got server software on them, uh, that they're network aware, that they are uh, connected to the Internet over Wi-Fi or not. You can even buy Wi-Fi cameras and all sorts of things. Now, pretty much everything now can have Wi-Fi in it. Um, but the software that they're using is most likely going to be open source. Um, so if they're not using uh, a, a modern version of the software, it could actually already be out of date and have security holes in it. Uh, because it's free, uh, so that rec reduces the cost of making it network aware. 
Um, but there's not going to necessarily be any way to patch those devices once they've been purchased. So you might be used to buying uh, a device and putting it uh, in your house, you know, a coffee pot that has Wi-Fi. Um, but two, two years later, if you haven't updated the software in that in the same way that you've been updating the software in your phone or your laptop, um, there may be vulnerabilities that have been discovered since then that actually make your coffee pot. Uh, it's not that they're going to uh, poison your coffee, but that they will use that as a way to jump over to your network attached storage um, or to your email server and then uh, extract information that you wouldn't want them to use. Right. And, and we know of a lawyer uh, in the Toronto area who was away and someone was able to get in, uh, get gain access to his office network uh, through his home network. But the point of entry was his, uh, his nanny cam, right. which was Wi-Fi enabled and, and wasn't protected. Uh, they gained access to his Wi-Fi network at home. Uh, his home computer was connected to his office computer. Uh, and they were able to jump onto his office computer through this uh, vulnerability. Uh, and we're in the process of checking out uh, some of his uh, bank accounts uh, when someone in the office happened to see the computer buzzing along and turned it off because they knew he was away. But I, I think that was the only thing that uh, prevented him from uh, having to notify a lot of clients uh, and the law society say, oh, by the way, we just had a whole bunch of uh, confidential information leave the office uh, and possibly some trust funds. Yeah, the, the nice thing about the Internet of Things is that you already know how to uh, secure it. Uh, the, the solutions that you need are the, the ones that you're already using. So um, if you get a device and you have it on your uh, network, your home network or your office network, in, in, in essence, anywhere that it could potentially get access to uh, private or confidential information for your practice, uh, it needs to have a password and it needs to be a strong password. So um, that may reduce some of the convenience factor for having whatever that device is on your network. Um, but even if it's lights or a coffee pot, uh, you need to make sure that you have secured it so that people can't get access to it without your knowledge. Um, there's a great article by Kashmir Hill. Uh, her name starts with a K um, in Forbes. And she uh, talks about how she uh, went in and turned lights on and off for people's houses and how the um, control panels for their light switches um, were freely available over the net because no one had changed the default passwords for, for their switches. And, and I think this is one of the things people don't think about is you're setting up a home network. It's in your home, but you can see that network outside the home. Right. And uh, and that's why it has to be secure. And, and a lot of people, when they set up their home network, uh, if it's from Wi-Fi or, or sorry, from Bell or Rogers or whomever, they don't change the passwords from admin user admin, password admin, they just leave them there because it's simple. Right. And, and you may be uh, creating a device that needs to be used by more than one person. And so then, you know, everybody can agree that the password 123456 is a great one for everyone to remember. But it's also great for the people who are trying to get access to it. I think even if you've been really careful, too, about uh, separating your home uh, environment where you're, I think, more likely to find these Internet of Things devices in your office, from your office, if I've got a, a computer at my home that has no... Uh, uh, practice material on it, but I VPN or connect in uh, remotely to my office, anything that can get access to that computer can then do the same thing. Uh, so it, it's not a matter of even having your um, your home and your office segmented uh, properly. It's that if there's any connectivity between the devices on one side to the devices on the other, then there's a potential route. And, and perhaps as an aside in terms of uh, Wi-Fi networks at home, uh, you should definitely amp up the security, but it's a good idea to activate things like approval of MAC addresses and things like that. Right. 
Uh, and that way, a device isn't going to be able to get on your network unless you've pre-approved their MAC address. And the MAC address is just the individual address that each device is assigned uh, when it leaves the factory. Right. Yeah. The, the other thing you can do, too, is, uh, I mean, once you uh, block the devices by their MAC address or in some other way, um, you can do the same thing that you're doing with your computer, which is to have a firewall between you and the Internet. And so really only the devices that should have to connect to the Internet uh, or be connected to the Internet um, should have access to that. So if you aren't already using a firewall in your Internet router in your office um, or in your home uh, and really should have them in both places, uh, then turn them on and, and look and see what kind of traffic is going by because that's where you would see if your TV was sending things to LG and you hadn't uh, been uh, doing any surfing to LG. You could see that in the traffic logs. The other thing you could also look at, uh, um, we use OpenDNS in, in our house, um, uh, which is a, a web filter and web security tool. It's free for uh, home users. You'd have to pay for uh, corporations. Um, but this sort of thing allows you to uh, essentially filter out sites that are known to be part of uh, scams or others, uh, nefarious things. So even if you weren't aware that your coffee pot was uh, emailing back your credit card uh, data to some company in a, in a country where um, hackers are, are, are prevalent, it, you would have this DNS service that would sit between you and that service that would be doing that sort of blocking for you, that sort of prevention. Right. Uh, that's our look at uh, the Internet of Things. Yes, be safe out there on the Internet of Things. <laughs>